0: If someone's gonna use it, but uh, I think it's a little petty. At the same time, you want to make sure that you know people respect the rules. But I don't think the line will really help. You want to make sure you, you socialize and, and do all those things, but by still respecting start the space and to try to wear the mask inside, especially when it's crowded.
1: Rudy Gobert on the NBA Anonymous Tip Line called it petty during media availability. So there you go, PK. Some people, it's reassuring. Other people, it's petty. That'd be an awesome thing to get everybody who's in the bubble one word to describe the tip line. I guess you do it for a lot of things. One word to describe the bubble. One word to describe the restart. NBA bubble superlatives. Exactly.
2: I think you got bubblegate going on here, and this is just going to blossom and mushroom into a huge news story.
1: Sweet. Drama all
2: around. It's the biggest story we've got going in the world right now.
1: Traditional basketball news. Sacramento Kings guard Darren Fox suffered a sprained left ankle. You re in seven to ten days. And that sounds normal. Doesn't sound very critical. I don't see how the Kings are possibly gonna make it to the playoffs. We get to go there, play the eight games. Fulfill their local TV contract and then hit the road.
2: Yeah, but I think that you can make that statement just about any year. I don't see how possibly how possibly they would have the made it to make the playoffs. Yeah. They weren't going to make it anyway. No, I mean you, you can say that any year. <laughs> just about the Kings. Any time of year. Yeah, September, March. Just just a, that's a blanket statement there that was, you can apply to the Kings.
1: Can we say it in August. They've been there. Yeah. They've been there about thirty-five years in Sacramento since they moved from uh, Kansas City. And there's a five-year exception to that rule, but the other 30 years, yeah, okay. I, I see what you're getting at.
2: Right. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're going to be all right more often than
1: you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, top five high school prospect Jonathan Kaminga will bypass college. He's going to join the new G League Professional Pathway program. He is the fifth top 100 prospect to skip college. And go to the G League. Now, originally, the guys who were doing it were taking G League over college based on traditional basketball. I wonder if we're getting to the point now where they're trying to weigh in. Well, am I more likely to get some good work in there as opposed to college? What's going to happen to college season? It, of course, tied into what's happened on college campuses and all that kind of stuff. I wonder how much they're weighing that into it now.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I don't know because I don't know that that will be a big difference if there's a problem with the colleges. Maybe there'd be a problem with the pros. They're not going to stay in Orlando forever. Uh, and it's because they're a top 100 prospect. By who says that? I mean, we've had top number one prospects turn out to be busts in the NBA.
1: So you never, ever know. DJ no. and PK. Hashtag NFL.
0: The Cowboys consider it a fair offer. If you look at the numbers, they're looking at anywhere between, I was told about $33, $35 million. And then the guarantee is closer to Jared Goff. So it's over $100 million. It's probably right around that $110 million number.
1: That's Jane Slater from CBS Sports on the franchise tag for Dak Prescott. Who gets the tag? Who gets multi-year guaranteed deals? Well, Derrick Henry, four years, $50 million, 25.5 guarantee. So he got that. But a dozen players unable to come to terms. Prescott, one of them. So play under the franchise tag and still make a lot of money. I guess the question is, does this affect team chemistry? Or once you're under it, you just go do your thing. Cousins did it in Washington for a couple years before he got his long-term deal in Minnesota. Texans wide receiver Kenny Stills arrested Tuesday on a felony charge of intimidating, our participant in a, of intimidating a participant in the legal process to take part in a protest outside the home of Kentucky's Attorney General. 87 people arrested. Felony charge will get your, get your attention. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. I don't think we can take this away from these players. Take this away from our state and our country. We need football. Football is the lifeblood of our country. In my opinion. It gets everything going, the economy going, the economy
1: in Baton Rouge, the economy in the state of Louisiana. That's it. Here's Ron on the importance of having football. PK, this broke during our show yesterday, and you referenced it, you know, is he going to get heat over this. And... Also, you can probably speak to this a little better because how important football is in any given state probably depends on the state you're in. But you've been to an LSU football game, driven right in because everyone showed up when?
2: Oh, they were there five, six hours before kickoff, if not later, earlier than that.
1: No traffic in the SEC when people get their RVs there on a Wednesday.
2: Yeah, that's literally what they do. I remember talking to some police on a Friday, uh, campus police, and I just saw these fields of RVs, and they are playing Utah State at the time, and uh, just having an interaction with the officer, just chatting, killing time, and that's what he told me. He said, folks get there, if it's a big SEC game, which obviously LSU's been in a ton of them, they get there on Wednesdays. (laughs) It really is unlike anything that I've seen, and I've been to literally every conference in this country, their stadiums the, m- most of the premier teams I've been to covering games over the years and the SEC is like unlike anything it really is it, it is just uh, incredible uh, I'll see a a fan base take over an entire hotel literally I've, I've seen that I saw Tennessee in Lexington when I was there for a Utah basketball game in November it really really is amazing I mean and they're partying all night the passion that those folks have for football. And I knew Ordron was going to take heat on that because he said it in, in conjunction with a conference with the vice president. So that's political. You can't do that. That's just bad news. That's that's going to lead to all sorts of stuff. And predictably, I saw that people went right to their computers, opened up, and filed the same usual drivel that uh, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's a football coach. What do you expect them to say? Nah, we don't really need football, man. We should just sit out this year. These guys are so trained, and they've got the tunnel vision. And it doesn't really matter what they say anyway, because then they're not in any position to make any decisions. I said the same thing with with Gundy when he said that stuff earlier in the spring. Sure, yeah, it's probably not the right thing to say in that way. If you relate related to the to the virus, but that's what they're that's what they're going to say. It was like no surprise, especially they're going to say that in SEC country, LSU, yep. which what would they go 15-0 fifteen zero last 15-0? year? Fifteen
1: and zero, the national champs. The passion, the fervor has never been bigger. You know, and then right. you just compare it to some other state. You think Indiana is going to have this passion for college football with Indiana <laughs> Purdue? I mean, there's no chance. Colorado, nope, not going to happen. You know, but. For an LSU coach to say that to a Louisiana audience, I get how that's going to sound bad to someone from. Uh, well, you always talk about it in the Northeast. I uh, pick any state: Connecticut, Jersey, Rhode Island. Pro sports is so much bigger; they don't have any passion for college sports. They're going to hear college football gets your blood pumping, and is the lifeblood? No, it's not. But right, right. in LSU and in Alabama where it's the biggest social gathering. I get why a bunch of people think that. And I get why a bunch of people in a dozen other states are just shaking their head going, what are you thinking? I don't know. It'd be interesting to go somewhere like Nebraska, right? Where the tradition isn't as fresh. LSU just won the title. But there are plenty of people in Nebraska who remember how crazy that state was for football in the 90s. You and I are big football fans, and I probably know... I don't know, at least off the top of my head, I know three people who root for Nebraska football and have lived in Utah for decades. And being around them in the mid-90s, and and they're just isolated, you know, fish out of water, right? Everybody here is Utah, BYU, but they're Nebraska. They were so crazy. I didn't see them and not talk about it. Uh, The one person everybody knows is Ron Boone. He'd be one of them. And, you know, he'd talk about it nonstop every time I'd see him. There's another guy you know, Tim Peterson at uh, Channel 2, longtime sports producer. Even now, you can get him riled up on Big Red in like 30 seconds. You know, so some of these states where they've had multiple runs at a national title, yeah, they they look at it differently than Colorado and New Mexico do. No kidding. Uh, the other news, which is kind of college football news, but uh, not really, The Rose Parade has been canceled for the first time since World War II. There'll be no parade on New Year's Day morning, and you know my my dad never did that. But as an artist, he was around people who did, and apparently, building those floats is a long process. You can build a float for other stuff in a year or two, but when you're putting live roses on them, the whole thing, renting the space, and put I, I don't get I sleep through the Rose Parade. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Dad would watch it. But he didn't go build stuff in some warehouse in L.A. So apparently it's a long process, and they needed a heads up.
2: Well, of course you slept through it. We know what you did the night before. I mean, you probably had only been to bed like 20 minutes. (laughs) So obviously you're sleeping through it, and you're not even sure where you're waking up. I mean, some of the stories you've told me on New Year's Eve, it's just, wow, man, DJ, it's unbelievable the stuff that you would do. So, of course, you would sleep through it. But you just said they take a year or two to build?
1: No, no, no. That don't take a year. They take a big chunk of the year to build. You rent a warehouse for however many months. I don't know how it works. Oh, you said a year or two. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) No, I I think a lot of times... No, no. I don't know what I said. What I was trying to say is a lot of these things, you build a float and it takes a couple weeks... And this takes longer because you're putting live flowers in. And he described me once how you build like a metal or wooden uh, frame and then you cover it in chicken wire. And then right at the end, you got to put all the flowers. I don't know. Whatever.
2: So you yeah, guys had a discussion on how to build New Year's. Oh Day yeah. Float, sitting so. on sitting wow.
1: on the sofa watching that thing at 8 o'clock in the morning. You, how do they you just do told that? me you
2: you just told us you slept through it. As, now you're an, adult, us you're
1: as an adult I do because I work at Channel 2 on New Year's Eve most years. So I am sleeping through it. Wow. So you party. well you
2: got some stories. You partied with Channel 2 people. Man, I would love to hear them. I'll make some up for you. Well, it just bears and the And then cluster. we were over
1: at the Weather Center, and it got wild at the green screen. You and Sterling, huh? Yeah, we chroma key in, you know, uh, New York City, Times Square.
2: Oh, there's a lot of Channel
1: 2 children running around if you get my drift. Whoa. Whoa. College football teams can count two games against FCS teams towards bowl eligibility during the upcoming season. Council approved a blanket waiver for this bowl season. So that could help a school like uh, BYU set up a schedule. A couple big sky schools looking for games, bustable. BYU, Southern Utah. I guess Dixie State counts now, right? They would count this yeah. year too. You've got—I
2: uh, already told you who they're going after. They want to guys, go after it, yeah, geez. yeah.
1: But is the—but they haven't announced it yet. So are they waiting for the SEC and the Big 12 to decide whether they're trying to try to play 12 game schedules or if they're going to opt into conference only? Also,
2: yes, that's what they're doing now. That the Big Sky will always be there.
1: Right, right. Well, I'm sure Tom's sitting on multiple plans. You got a plan. Now he's gone to Plan B, and if he's got to go to Plan C or D, well. The best case scenario would be to fill those first three weeks of the season with uh, Big 12 games. There there were like four schools that are available on the opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Iowa State is available the second weekend.
2: Yeah, I told you that on Sunday. That's what they're doing.
1: DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball.
1: Philly shortstop, D.D. Gregorius, told reporters he's going to wear a face mask during games, whether he's in the field or whether he's batting, whatever's going on. He's got a kidney condition that makes him high risk among the, amid the coronavirus pandemic. He could have opted out and received a full prorated salary due to his being a player with a chronic condition, but he's decided to go ahead and play. So you'll see him out there with a face mask. I saw uh, Mike Trout, when they started taking BP, He was taking BP with his face mask. You know, he's told us his wife is pregnant. And so pregnancy is another risk condition. So I assume we'll see a few players doing this. Maybe it'll spread and we'll see more. But those are the first couple we've heard about.
2: Hey, as Tanner Ainge said yesterday, wear the damn
1: mask. (laughs) In not so many words.
2: (laughs) Oh No, in the actual words. I know, I know. He swore. What the hell's going on? And Ainge swearing right on
1: my television. Did you text his dad? I said damn. No, but he'll bring it up next time they play free golf in uh, Maui. What is your problem here? What kind of kid did you raise? Feisty. Fiery. (laughs) And he said it while wearing a mask. Would have been weird if someone had run up there and tackled him and bit his finger. You know, that would have been generationally like, it happened to an age again. And that was the kind (laughs) of atmosphere it could happen. And it was getting pretty fired up there at the old Utah County Commission. Emotions were running high.
2: Yeah, I just hope, uh, you know, and I understand the outrage about uh, the no social distancing, but I hope those same people, as we saw tens of thousands of people marching last month and whatnot in other cities, I hope the outrage was the same. I hope it's not selective outrage.
1: No, it, the outrage was the same, but it came from a different group. There will all, The outrage will be consistent, but who provides it is what becomes selective and then alternates. Well, yeah, but that's,
2: that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. If you were outraged about this, and I'm fine, be outraged, then you better have been outraged about that. DJ
1: and PK. Golf. Jack Nicholas hosting Jack's Tourney. The Memorial. Underway in Dublin, Ohio. Muirfield Village. Back-to-back weeks. going to look very familiar. Tiger Woods is playing this time. 13 wins. Two tournaments in Ohio. Five at one, eight at the other. Ohio. Tiger. I don't know what the tie is. He grew up in Southern California. He lives in Florida, but for whatever reason, those Ohio courses, he's crushing them.
2: I think everybody gets so excited because Jack Nicklaus, it's his tournament. This is where golf really, really is cool because you see the legend right there. You know, he's coming off 18 on that Sunday, and he's standing right there. I think Jack's 80 years old now, and uh, hopefully he's around for a long time, but who knows. But that's the real cool connection is golf, is the legends. They're right there. They're literally right there. You know, I don't think you have that in any other sport to the level. And they've, they've done it some in basketball. They'll bring Bill Russell out. And he'll be on the floor as the team is celebrating whoever wins the title. And that's cool. But, you know, the way the nature of the sport is, especially on a Sunday when there's a lot of downtime between a tee shot and a fair shot, a fairway shot and a fairway shot and a green shot, what have you. And then to have Jack right there and all these players, you listen to them about how it's so important that they play in Jack's tournament and... We know the name. Even if you don't follow golf, you've probably heard the name Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, right? And there's other guys who belong there, but those two spearheaded it. And to have that connection from the past right to the current of what's going on, I think it's really cool.
1: Well, a lot of the legends over time have hosted their own tournaments. And you're right. There, there's downtime and you're walking around the course and you get shots of them. And they usually you know, do interviews for a, a chunk of the broadcast at some point and, uh, all Arnold Palmer used to do it at his tournament in Florida, and Byron Nelson would do it at his tournament in Texas. There's some—he sat on some porch, I think, right at the Colonial. There was somewhere he sat. Yeah, always. the clubhouse. There is kind yeah. of a porch area where he would yeah. sit. So they will do it. Jack does it, and it's just one of those things through the generations. Is Phil going to host a Phil going to host that party in Phoenix on uh, Super Bowl weekend at some point?
2: Uh, he already does, but uh, I get your point. Uh, would would he be? some form of connection there. You can see it, obviously, because... He's been the legend in the desert because of his Arizona State connections, for sure. And plus, he's so popular. Anyway, yep. he, he acknowledges the crowd with the thumbs up and the goofy smiles and the tip of the cab and all that stuff. You would think, as Phil gets into his 60s and 70s, that he'd have some sort of connection to the game because he's he's been one of the faces of the game. I don't think, obviously, he's the face, but he's been one of the names. He's probably the second biggest name for the last 20
1: years. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he doesn't. It's not just his popularity, although he certainly he certainly got a big dose of that. But uh, when you're sitting on five major wins and and you know twenty wins get you into the Hall of Fame, so if you get to forty and double that, I think see like forty one, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. So you double the Hall of Fame number for tour victories, and you got five majors. I mean, you've earned it on the course. You got the popularity off the course. Absolutely, and, uh, in in twenty five years, he's a guy who ought to be. Sitting on a porch somewhere, tipping his cap, doing interviews with his name all over a tournament.
2: Yeah, I can see that for sure.
1: What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Phil Steele. Phil Steele's college football preview. Who wants to geek out on some college football. He's set for the 9 o'clock hour, so make sure you're here at 9. Now, 8.45-ish will be checking in with the Utah Jazz after their practice and with their pras- practice, Joe's bumped his normal Thursday visit to Friday so talk to Joe tomorrow, but we're going to get a Jazz player off their post-practice uh, Zoom interview at about 8.45 Yach's really nervous that it's going to run about 9 minutes late and double up with Phil Steele, but through the magic of radio we'll record it and we'll still have it for you in the 9 o'clock hour. So get it one way or another. We don't know exactly. These things have a way of floating. They always send out an email. Could be early, could be This late. is a time. And then be ready. Because it could happen. It, seriously, it could happen at 8.30. Nobody knows. So, all right, that's what's on tap later this morning. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's
0: a big deal! With Gordon Johnson and Jake Scott.
1: Anthony Heron, Pac 12 Network. How optimistic are you? Some sort of college football is going to happen one way or another. On a scale of 1 to 10, I think I've vacillated over the past month, anywhere from a negative 2 up to about a 9.5. And, and I'd say as we sit here right now, probably around a 6.5. I'm still confident everyone wants a season and that some version of it will be attempted. That confidence does dissipate a bit with news like we've gotten over the past week and a half to two weeks, but I
0: do think that it's still more likely than not the college football season will begin. Whether it ends, though, might be a separate question. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for Hot Takes or Toast. Brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. The Rose Parade canceled for January 1, 2021. The streets of Pasadena will be empty. So what are you fans going to do now before the big game? Hmm. Plan B, PK. Which is Well, Steve says it's wish that they had played BYU for that seventh bowl qualifying win. <laughs> See, they're not even gonna be there. They're gonna be struggling to make themselves eligible for some low level Pac-12 bowl game.
2: Well, I think the way that it's set up now, ninety-five percent of the bowls are low level. I think they're all in just a big group now.
1: The Holiday Bowl yeah. didn't feel any more special than uh, Vegas or uh, the Foster Farms, whatever that game in San Francisco is called now.
2: Not really, no, no. That that's the reality of the bowl situation, the way it's been now. It's they're all sort, and I don't even know that the Alamo Bowl did. The Alamo Bowl did a little bit because it was so close to Austin. You know, and obviously that it's basically a home game, not in the home stadium for Texas, but you can get a ton of fans there. <laughs> they did. There were they, like y-
1: 50,000 people in orange.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you were there. Uh, and so you saw it for yourself. And so it, it was, it felt like something different, that's for sure, but that it wasn't, uh it wasn't like the Fiesta Bowl. I can tell you that. I mean, that was that was a week-long celebration for the University of Utah football program in the Phoenix area. It was so cool to see. Uh, to, to me, that was that was the arrival of Utah football on a national level. To see that, and I felt so happy for Chris Hill and and his people at the time. Urban Meyer was out the door already. Uh, pretty much, he'd already taken the job. But to see a program that had been sort of uh, relegated for so many years, to, to just burst out on the scene and see their fan base. I just remember looking at Chris. Uh, you know, Sun Devil Stadium's press box is, uh, I think it's the fourth level of heaven, and that's how high it is. And so to be able to see all these folks coming into the stadium. do you like how I threw in that, that reference for you guys? I mean, I thought that was pretty good uh how high you are and to see fifty thousand red just streaming into the stadium i thought that was, was more a heaven sun
1: man. devil pun there but i see no, that you no. were you
2: were doing it a was lot for there. you guys
1: no. okay it was for you
2: i like to talk in your language it makes more
0: sense because sense i now, said but i was with dj it, on that
2: because some some of you people have turned into my best friends over the years and and i, and I really love what you know what you guys do tremendous tremendous people on the whole so to see that was just so impressive uh and the other stuff it just doesn't compare so the holiday bowl absolutely not uh that because of texas and i wonder how would it have been if it would have been anybody non texas team iowa in state, the holiday
1: bowl yeah i been iowa state or west virginia Yeah, yeah. I still think there's bowl games that are decent, and then there are bowl games that are just made for TV and a studio audience. You know, it's not that the Vegas Bowl is some historic uh, bowl game, but playing CSU and certainly BYU, which was, you know, that was different than playing CSU even. But at least the stadium was full. Watching some of these games on TV, and I've gone to the Alamo and the Holiday Bowl, but I didn't go the year they played Indiana and San Francisco. But watching that on TV, PK, it it looked like 20,000 people there. It was uh, probably it just, yeah. yeah. It just it had no sizzle. And the, and the year they played in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl, and they played West Virginia with West Virginia's backup quarterback. It looked like there were five thousand people there. It so, was a miserable day. Yeah. So certainly, at least you had. It felt like a college football game with a lot of people cheering at the Alamo and holiday. But I get your point that that's still not special in the way the Fiesta and the Sugar were special. You know, there's the playoff. There's the New Year's Six. And then I think I split the rest of the bowls into two groups. A, games that people go to. B, games that are played for a studio audience. You know, it, it was... Um, BYU one year went to the New Mexico Bowl and played UTEP. I think they were both 6-6. Six and six. That felt like a game played for a studio audience. Now, BYU and Utah are playing in Vegas. And that game, that had some juice. That was... You know, you watch that on TV. That looked good. They had crowd shots. There were people going nuts. And there's none of the... Tradition of, you know, the sugar and the rose and the cotton and and these bowls that have been around forever. So I guess I kind of got to split into four groups now. Playoff, that's the biggest. New Year's Six, and then do people go to the game or not? You know? And some of these games have 5,000 people bouncing around. Yikes. I mean, I know we're playing them for TV, so go ahead and play them. But, I mean, it looks really weird and just... I don't want to say you're going through the motions cuz guys are out there, you know, risking the injury and and they're playing hard and it matters to them, but it's it's really weird after watching, you know, a bunch of home games at Rice-Eccles Stadium and you know, there are some road games now. Yes, you were you were at the Colorado game, you know that? There was nobody at that game <laughs> in the snow with Utah, you know, wrapping up the season a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily derive my intensity or passion for the game based on how many people are in the stands. Uh it's a busy time of year and it costs money and so I don't begrudge people for not having the money or the desire to go. Uh to me it's about matchups too. And then it turns out what is the game. Now that actually that Utah Indiana game came right down. Andy Phillips kicked a field goal at the end of the game. So that was sort of it was a fun game. Even though the you know it was an NFL stadium and it was two thirds, if not more, empty At the end, there they were making a lot of noise out on the out on the field because I was obviously down there at the end of the game on the field, and so they were excited about that. So that was it. Turned out okay. There's not much sizzle there. It turned out okay, Uh, but I view it that the playoff. I haven't been to a New Year's Six as presently constituted. I've been to individually. Uh, three of those bowls that are viewed as a New Year six, but they weren't viewed as a New Year six then. If that makes any sense, yep. as they are now. So I'd imagine that that would still be the same. And then I think everybody else is in just in the same same category. The strangest thing about the Alamo Bowl last year was the Utes had a buy and in november first week in november maybe second week in november yeah i think it was second week because said they played washington the first week and so i decided to come down to st george and play some golf with my wife and i played with a guy and his teenage son uh we played at sand hollow beautiful course and the guy very nice guy and his son like, sophomore in high school i think you know we we didn't say much uh, just you know nice shot that type of thing so I spent four and a half hours with the guy and then as i'm walking over from the hotel to the alamo bowl literally you walk over which i had done years ago in 1998 in the final four different sport but same same path and there's you know literally tens of thousands of people walking guy comes up to me hey pk yeah so what do you remember back in November, me and my son we played golf with you
1: <laughs> He was a youth fan at the game?
2: yes, but he's obviously it's the same guy, but for four and a half hours out on the golf course, when you're in a you know a relatively close proximity, you know well, four of you are standing on the same green. San hollow's greens can be big, but they're not that big. <laughs> he never said a word, never said one word about acknowledging who I was. You know, that's fine. I don't care either way. If you want to say, hey, PK, whatever. But he never said it. But then he came up to me as we were walking uh, six weeks later into the stadium. And I just thought that was so funny that he never said anything to me while we were playing. But he said it. Six weeks later, as he and his friends were walking to the stadium.
1: I wonder if he didn't figure out who you were until you were walking off 18 at golf, or if he just figured, in this environment, <laughs> we should just play golf and I shouldn't you know, gawk or anything. But in that environment, hey!
2: Well, it would have been fine either way, but I just thought it was funny that, uh, that he never said anything that afternoon. It was a glorious fall afternoon in St. George. We've all spent them. We know what we're talking about. Down there in uh, the southern part of the state, just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, it that whole St. George area is a hidden gem. Hopefully, it stays a hidden gem. I'm afraid it probably won't, but it is really beautiful. So I thought that was funny, and the game was an absolute dud. It's just uh, and it had injuries in that situation in the defensive backfield, and gosh. Just weren't prepared. And Jalen Johnson, if I remember correctly, he didn't play. It just it's such an emotional letdown to lose that Pac-12 title game. And you know the question that we put up was was intent to basically that the Utes would be in the Rose Bowl. And you wonder when they're going to get there at some point. I mean, but gosh, here we are. Uh, what? Almost, uh, how many years? I think the other day, Arizona's joined in 78, so what's that, 40-some years? And Arizona's never been there. Never been there, man. They've sniffed it a couple times, had a great chance once, but uh, couldn't get done. And you wonder, what's it going to take? How long is it going to be? Did the Utes have their best shots, or are they going to be knocking out on the door a bunch? i got to say... I'm nervous about it now because, you know, I look at this uh, this Pac-12 thing on Twitter, and I saw it again yesterday. The <laughs> devil's got a commitment from some kid in Florida, Orlando, and he's supposed to be all that. Who knows if he is, will be, or not. But he's rated four-star. And so they've got the list. They put on the list of the four-star, four- or five-star commits, and they put it out there. And I think Oregon's got 13, and SC's got 11. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody else has more than one. Yep. So makes me nervous that we're going to see a run of a lot of Oregon SC. And Utah can have a pretty good team. And they've had good teams, obviously, these last couple of years. They've had – it's been a great, great run. Haven't got the job done. You get down to the end, you lose that last game, and it's such a letdown. And, and we know – that every team that's lost in the Pac-12 title game has lost its bowl game. So obviously, there's a. it's not just a pattern. It's a literal fact that that team suffers a letdown, and then they, they get beat in the bowl game. It makes you wonder, when is Utah going to be in the rules? Well, I think they're going to be in at some point, but I can't tell you when. And are we looking at a two-team dominance of Oregon and SC going forward, To where those guys are meeting that first week in December, what, eight out of the next ten? I don't know. I don't know what it might be. Who knows? But I'm a little nervous now, I gotta say.
1: Well, I think you should be. I think when they first came in the league, knowing Kyle Winningham had already had that sugar bowl team, he thought, you know, there's a window here. Utah's on probation or Utah. USC's on probation. And that's you know, th- this is going to hurt them for five years because they had all these scholarship reductions. You know, you know, there's a window here. And do they hit the ground right after they get out of the scholarship reductions? Seems like a lot to ask. But it's USC, so you can't rule it out. Uh, and they didn't. You know, they kind of bumbled around up and down there. But I, I get your point about the two teams that seem to have an edge, that should have an edge, and recruiting rankings can be dicey, but those recruiting rankings are telling us the two teams that should have an edge do have an edge. And we've both followed the league long enough to know that teams get on runs, especially USC. You know, But Oregon had a run, Stanford had a pretty good run, and so you wonder if, if Kyle's going to coach five years at the outside, if these two schools loaded up, and is the window closing for the next five years, the schedule broke Utah's way last year. You know, USC had to play Oregon, and Utah didn't. And Utah lost to USC, but got to the Pac-12 title game, thanks in part to the scheduling there, where SC had to play Oregon, and the Utes didn't. Well, that, you know, that doesn't last forever. So you're going to lose the scheduling break, and now the recruiting seems to be on track for SC. So I get why you're worried there's plenty of reasons to be worried having said that you never know maybe the Utes are you know improving the quarterback position which tends to have a compounding effect on a lot of other positions you know that can make the run game better can make the throwing game better uh it can you got a pretty good tight end it looks like at the u it's going to make him better if you have better quarterback play so it's not like it's over but I get why you feel like man that that target isn't Quite as inviting as it used to be. Well,
2: it definitely isn't over. No, not at all, by any stretch. And it just makes me a little nervous if they're. Even if SC doesn't do it, because SC last year supposedly they had their worst recruiting season. And now, how can they turn around and then have their best i don't really understand i don't understand how that works what the dynamics were i know they changed a bunch of coaches this year that's a fact and maybe that made a big difference and they got some young guys like a vic Suodo, who uh you know vic has always been easy to talk to and i can imagine he's a good seller for what sc has to offer but even if they're not there then you, you still got oregon and oregon you know it bothers me because they have whatever you need they've got and if they don't got it, they don't have it. They'll go buy it <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll, they'll get it and they'll get 10 of them. So you got all that stuff going on there. So it makes me concerned. But, you know, Utah, you can have a really good program, even if you don't go to the Rose Bowl, as we've seen. They have a really good program. So it's not like they're not going to be competitive and there's not going to be great times ahead, because I think that there are there are. Uh, and I think that the pattern here that we've been able to see, which is a really cool pattern, is that you know, they take a, a season to reload, and then the guys get experience, and then they're good for the next couple years. So if you can continue that, if you're knocking out on the door of getting winning the South two out of every three years at the University of Utah... I think you take it, and I and and I know there'd be frustration at the end if you don't get it. But that's still saying something that deep in November, two out of three years, you're in contention. That's pretty good.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and twelve eighty. The Zone.
0: Now let's get this party started. Uh-huh. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. You tweeted out, you know, you got to feel for Tom Homo after putting this together and it all gets blown up. And I'm looking at the mentions on your tweet last night and it was like, this is what you get for not being in a conference. Nobody ever anticipates a (laughs) virus. We haven't had anything like this since 1918. And even then, they still play baseball. You can't be like, hey, hey, let's do our little pros and cons. Everybody write your pros, everybody write your cons. You know, everybody's like, well, more TV money, flexibility with the schedule, you know, all these pros. somebody write in the comments. What if there is a pandemic and all these conferences play conference-only games? Wow, Todd, that's a really good point. (laughs) I hadn't really thought of that. I'm glad you brought that. Nobody thinks of this. You know, that is the straw that's breaking the camel's back, Todd. We're going to stay conference. Hans and Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) little extra time on your hands it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time what did you watch last night with dj and pk on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
2: too much time on my hands too much time on my
1: It's 97.5 and 12.8 at the zone. We are brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. So last night, I did something I almost never do. I watched something I almost never watched, PK. But I turned on the SEC Network, and there was Paul Feinbaum doing his show. Yeah, caught my attention is he had the MAC commissioner on. I just always thought he was so SEC centric. Not that I've checked out his show a lot, but the MAC commissioner was largely. Uh, I think you could predict most of what he was going to say. The one thing I did catch, and he said it in such a nice way, um, but Feynman was talking about all the cancellations and how that was going to impact the MAC because obviously they have a, m- a lot of money games with the Big Ten. And he said, well, we're not clear on how that's going to impact us financially. You know, our our schools are still working through that. What with the clauses in the contract? I'm thinking, oh, lawyers are over there just like trying to scratch each other's eyes out. But the commissioner just said it in this, we're all friends, we'll work it out. I'm thinking, wow, there's millions of dollars at stake there, you know. And and locally, Utah State had a $1.5 million game with Washington. So what kind of clauses there? And then there's the force majeure stuff and, you know. So there's lawyers 12 deep trying to argue this out. And will they settle on some number partway in between? Who knows? But it just cracked me up the way he said it. Like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, we're just working through it. Okay, good one.
2: I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I don't that. Either. Yeah. Will they just, uh, it depends on what the contracts are. Mm-hmm. Like Mark Harlan was on Twitter talking about how, you know, they would resume the BYU-Utah deal. And, and go from there. What what will they do is trying to make up that game. Will it be made up because it's not scheduled to be played right now here in uh, just under two months, as we know. But what will they do going forward? Uh, that'll there's so many schools and programs and conferences that are all in that boat to one degree or another. I'm not sure how it's going to work itself out. Uh, that that that's beyond me. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to really get. I don't want bog my mind down with that. I'm more excited about the games actually being played, and you know, what what is the fallout financially for these programs? Like for Utah State, uh, you know, what what does that mean to not get this money, and what will they do with Washington in that contract? You know, we don't really care about the MAC or what have you, but Utah State, we do. Obviously, they had that money game, as you just referenced, again in Seattle this season, and now that's going to be gone. What does that do to their budget, and how do they overcome that? Do they play that down the road? Do they reschedule it? How is that going to work? Uh, you know, as we know, these schedules are done years in advance, and I was actually looking forward to that game because Washington is going to have a new quarterback, new coach. Uh, you know, maybe that was the time. Now Utah's, Utah State's gonna have a new quarterback. We didn't we didn't hit it in the what's trending, but uh they're, they're back up to Jordan Love. He's in the transfer portal, uh just uh what a day or two after it became official that the Aggies got Jason Shelley. So and Jason Shelley's gonna be immediately eligible and he's got some playing experience, more so than the other kid had, because obviously Jason played, helped the Utes win a division title a couple of years ago so my point is that maybe they could have had a a chance to win that game we'll never know now but uh, i was looking forward to that and anytime you get to play a pac-12 team and you're in the mountain west and for byu too it means something a little bit more because of the regional connection there unfortunately we won't have it
1: so utah state was going to play washington and washington state this year uh and if they do reschedule that the next time they've got an opening is twenty twenty-three. Got Alabama coming up in twenty twenty-two. Yikes! And Lou Sabin is coming to uh Logan. <laughs> yeah, that was good, Lou. <laughs> Lou Saban. <laughs> Lou, <laughs> Lou. <laughs> Lou Sabin. Uh, we're going we're going back in time. Hopping the Wayback <laughs> Machine. Hey Doc. Fire it up. <laughs> Set it for the AFL in nineteen sixty something. <laughs> Nick Saban, Lou Saban. Yeah, it can happen. I haven't done it with those two names, but I've done it with other names.
0: Oh,
2: my gosh. I went through eight years of that. Uh, the nuns, if you had a brother, count on being called his name. No, really? <laughs> oh,
1: yes. They were messing people's names up, and the class was giggling nonstop?
2: Well, after it became uh, commonplace... That that's what they would do. Is they would just. Uh, I, I one one guy's name was Greg Sweeney, and the the nun called him Ed the whole year, and, and <laughs> he just he just answered to it. And I had one year, uh, one of the nuns. They were the teachers, and instead of Kinnahan, she called me Kinniberg and you just rolled with it.
1: <laughs> Little did you know you would meet a Kinneberg one day.
2: <laughs> yeah, and just uh, somewhere along the line, that's what they had, and. Some of those uh, ladies, they they, because my aunt, my mother's sister, taught uh, second grade for like 50 years, <laughs> so uh, she, you, know, you stay in those positions for a long time. So yeah, you would just roll with it and you wouldn't bother correcting them uh, because they would just they would screw it up. And that's what Tumberville did, called called Nick Lou. So yeah, I didn't I didn't I not I did not know that the Aggies had uh, Alabama. When is that?
1: Uh, Alabama is 2022, so two years out. Next year is very manageable with uh, BYU and North Dakota at home and at Washington State and at New Mexico State. So that Oh, for the non-conference? Yeah, for the non-conference. Um, yeah.
2: Shelly will be a senior. He's a junior now this year, isn't he?
1: Correct, yeah. He'll be a redshirt junior, I guess, technically.
2: Yeah. I assume now with the other guy, what's his name, Col- Columby?
1: Henry Columby, uh,
2: yeah. Uh, with him out the door, now I know they got some other guys. Andrew
0: Peasley is probably the other name to keep an eye that, on
2: that, that they brought in, but uh, he didn't have any experience. So I'm assuming Shelley wins that gig. I don't know that for sure. We'll probably the see odds how on favorite. Out. Yeah, but I was surprised that the other kid uh, bolted.
1: Make quick decision. It sounded like I thought yeah. it was going to be a, a competition there, but I don't know what was said behind closed doors. It'd be interesting to get Scotty G on the line and see what he's heard. Scotty, uh,
2: what do you yeah, think? So, yeah, I Yeah, I, you'd think that uh, he would stay and compete, but you're right. I don't know the details at all. Zero.
1: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to check in with Utah Jazz post-practice. Our traditional Thursday Joe Ingles interview uh, is going to be moved to Friday because his practice schedule... Uh, Yacht, do you know who the uh, interview is going to be at 8.45, who the Jazz are, are bringing out? I have no clue at this Well, moment. listen in. It'll be a media Zoom session and all that. And we do have Phil Steele coming up. Phil Steele's college football preview, always a big deal. Uh, he can talk Utes. He can talk Cougars. He can talk Aggies. Uh, Phil Steele does a ton of research on this. So we're going to talk college football with him at 9. And if the Jazz are late, and and there's enough wiggle room in this, they could be so late that we could be taking them at live at 9.30 after uh, Phil Steele, that wouldn't be shocking. If they hit at the same time, we'll we'll record the Jazz and we'll get you we'll get you the college football and we'll get you the NBA both. But uh, the Jazz could hit at eight forty 840, eight forty five somewhere in there. DJ and PK, it's nine, it's nine, it's ninety seven five in twelve eighty of the zone.